it was the beginning of a a terrible um, 13 years of stuffing feelings and not knowing how to deal with stuff where I started using food to feel better and ended up with an eating disorder um, that lasted 13 years in and out of hospitals. I had a sudden heart attack at 16. Um, I couldn't keep food in my body. Within one month, I, I lost like 30 pounds and ended up in the hospital. And and then what ended up happening at 18, I was attacked by an employer and at 19 by an associate. And I seemed to have had a string going on and I just used food to feel better. These are the stories of average people who have massively changed their lives from a Tony Robbins event. This is episode 10 of the Tony Robbins Impact Podcast. Now, today, my guest is Lisa Lieberman Wang. And uh, I guess to say Lisa is a follower and fan of Tony's work is a massive understatement. So after she was initially exposed to UPW over 25 years ago, she has taken large groups of people, friends, family, all along to Tony's events, and she also spent a year in Tony's Platinum Partners with her husband. So now she's a senior leader and crew member for Tony's seminars around the world, and I guess Tony's work and insight gave Lisa the guidance and light that eventually led her to turning her passion into an incredibly successful business. So since then, Lisa has released the number one best-selling book, Fine to Fab, and she's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, MSN, and The CW as a success strategist. She has also integrated Tony's teachings around neuroscience and human psychology and many other and many others into um, her pro, her coaching programs that she now runs. So I caught up with Lisa and she shared with me her touching story of healing and transformation from consistent exposure to Tony Robbins events. Now, this was super powerful, super powerful story and I really hope that anyone out there listening who has has been through something similar or if they have had a similar outcome or result from going to Tony's events, it would be awesome to talk to you and, and just reach out in general if people want to follow along, uh, like I said last episode, at Tony Robbins Impact on Instagram. And that's a great way to follow and get updates on episodes and any special offers that I've got going on. So I uh, I look forward to connecting with a few more people and, and hearing more stories. So enjoy the episode. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it's been good to connect with you from over the other side of the world. And uh, I'd just like to give my audience a bit of context here. So I know it was a long time ago you were first exposed to Tony's work and uh, you've been involved heavily. We'll talk about that later. But what are the some of the key events, I guess, in your life that led you to Tony's work initially? Well, Cameron, I actually grew up in a traditional dysfunctional family where people said disparaging words. Um, I dad wanted perfect children. I didn't know there was no such thing. So I was always trying to be the best and be perfect in every manner. Um, when I was 
younger, something happened to me. My dad, being very protective, didn't want us to go out or especially date and stuff. And at 16, I was date raped and told my mom. And she said, don't tell your dad. He'll kill you. And she was really just trying to protect me but didn't know that um, I took it as if I did something wrong versus the boy did something wrong. And it was the beginning of a a terrible um, 13 years of stuffing feelings and not knowing how to deal with stuff where I started using food to feel better and ended up with an eating disorder um, that lasted 13 years in and out of hospitals. I had a sudden heart attack at 16. Um, I couldn't keep food in my body. Within one month, I, I lost like 30 pounds and ended up in the hospital. And and then what ended up happening at 18, I was attacked by an employer and at 19 by an associate. And I seemed to have had a string going on. And I just used food to feel better. And I had a chiropractor friend who um, understood eating disorders and knew I was bulimic as well. And she said, you know, Tony's in town and, you know, he can help you. And I did. I said, well, who's Tony? <laughs> I had no idea who he was. <laughs> And she said, well, he's having a firewalk. So I thought firewalks help bulimics. Honestly, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. And I remember uh, she had called and got Christian Hendrickson on the phone. And Tony talks about him and his stories. And and she got, I got a VIP ticket. I was very successful, as I am now and have always been in my career. And whatever the best ticket was, I was up front, literally up front and center every day. And the first day we were doing the firewalk, Tony was right next to me as we're walking. And I said, uh, you know, I'm bulimic. Will this help me? <laughs> and, he and he just said, <laughs> he just smiled at me. He literally I don't even I don't even remember if he said anything at that time, but he just smiled at me, looked down at me and smiled. And I was like, OK, whatever. I'm still walking. And, you know, so that was the beginning. Yes. OK. And and um, how many years ago was that? If you don't mind me asking. 25 years ago. Wow. Okay. So, and the fact that you're talking to me means that you must still be influenced by him on some level. On on massive levels, without a doubt. So he had 25 years ago when I was first introduced to him, I signed up for his mastery program and those are the days when he used to have life and wealth mastery back to back. And it was nine or 12 days combined, whatever it felt like it was forever. And, you know, he was into immersion, literal immersion. And we went through that. And then the date with destiny, he was looking for someone suicidal. And I don't remember raising my hand. And today I know how I was found, but, and if you've watched the movie, it's not your guru. You now know how they know is you're filling out forms and everybody's, they're all being read. And if there's any red flags, they notify Tony and that's how they knew. And it turned out Tony personally worked with me on stage in front of 2,500 people. Mm. And, so what, um, do you yes. remember that moment? And, um, looking back now, was it, do you, do you feel like it was a critical moment? That that's to minimize it. It was it was the most important moment. I think, you know, at, at any point when you make a decision, a decision means to put an end to any other option, things can change. And Tony ended up working with me on this. And a matter of fact, about seven, eight years ago, somebody sent me a picture of 
Tony and I on stage and it's like it was a funny picture because Tony was wearing the pants so high at the time his shorts were high and I posted it on social media but um, it was a critical moment it was the beginning of the end of my dis-ease with myself you know they say disease I kind of say it's dis-ease and it was huge but what was ironic about it is that I had finally after spending 13 years in and out of hospitals um, every other year for a month or six weeks at a time and not being able to get any abstinence together from hurting myself. It was the first time in my life I had had th three months of eating properly, not throwing up, not using food to feel better. And I was doing great. And then I fell off the wagon, so to speak. And I never did drugs or alcohol. I had the good girl disease and that was food. And I remember um, I was volunteering in Joseph McClendon, one of Tony's protégés, as anyone who knows Tony knows, was coming into New York. And I didn't I was supposed to go to support him for the basket brigade. And I I just had a bad day and I was like, I'm not going to go. But I'm like, I love Joseph. I need to support him. So I do for others that I didn't do for myself back then. Now I do for me, too. And it turned out that Joseph couldn't make it. And, you know, who showed up? Tony. Tony, there's 12, 12 of us and Tony. I mean, that doesn't happen every day. No, and, that's, that's expensive usually. Yes. <laughs> Very. And it turned out, he says, anybody have any questions? And I raised my hand and I said to him, you know, he, and I, and I was, I did, it was really where I was coming from. I said, if you're so great, why am I still fucked up? <laughs> And without even blinking, he just looked at me and he said, you know, what's your purpose? Mm. It was such a great question. And I just sat back and I said, you know, I don't know what my purpose is. I was pretty lost. And he says, well, I have all this new technology. I'm going to teach you now. And three hours later, he, after he's done, he comes over to me, gives me a big hug and a kiss. And he said, and don't ever ask me that question again. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't need to now. Right, I shouldn't need to. And um and since then I've been I crewed for Tony for like a good eight eight years straight or twelve years straight. And then I took some years off and um eventually I, I went back and brought other people with me as well and I've been doing that for twenty five years now. Wow. So you are um committed. You're committed. That's uh, that's wonderful. And so, sorry to take you back to um, what, something you said earlier about um, your tra a traumatic experience when you were 13, and then um, you said at 16 you had a heart attack. So yeah, those three years, uh, tell me what that was like, I guess. Did you uh, avoid the uh, event or did you, yeah, what what happened there? Well, and just to just on clarity, the numbers are right, but for the wrong incident. So it was 16 was the sudden was the date rape, and um, 18 was the sudden heart attack. But I spent 13 years in disease with myself, and what it was is, you know, it was all about denial and not wanting to accept what was there. But I really believe it was the secrets, and I I pretty much tell people today is is you know secrets kill the person holding them, and I was trying to hold in all these things. And because of it, I didn't know how to deal with the emotions and I was I needed to find a vehicle to make myself feel better. So I chose to use food. Mm. And is that from, I guess, uh, not the shame around it, but being sort of uh, like it's better to keep that quiet or 
or not being able to talk to your dad about that as well? Was that difficult? Oh, well, it was more about the fact that my mom in her in her efforts to protect me didn't realize she was hurting me. And I know and I don't blame her for it today. I understand from her perspective where she was at the time and knowing what she knew, you know, she it might have been that if my father would have known me, I never would have been allowed out again. You know, <laughs> or mm. I, he would he would have put a chastity belt on me to protect me or something, because when at 18 years old, I was attacked by an employer. My dad, we went to court and I was fired for reasons known to me. And what was known to me was that he jumped me at a at an event where I was competing for ballroom dancing and asked me to come down and bring him some music. I was teaching for Arthur Murray and it was the it was the owner. And it turned out that um, I I was able to get out of the room, fortunately, but my father was ready to kill the man. So I know that had he known that it would never it would have been taken care of in a different way, but mm. it's in hindsight, we could always say that, but at the time they didn't know. And because people, they didn't know what to do with me and they just were trying to treat the symptoms of the eating disorder and people really didn't know all the other stuff behind it. I went through years of therapy and there was plenty of shame and blame. And, you know, today in hindsight, I can tell you that, but at the time when you're in it, I don't think that there was any knowledge or knowing of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess one thing that I talk to people about on this show who have been exposed to Tony's work say that I guess sometimes it feels like they could have done 10 years of therapy or they could have gone to a Tony Robbins event. And you've sort of just touched on that. What, uh, I guess, massive changes, uh, you've spoken about a couple, but I guess, uh, Tony sort of talks about how your life can change in an instant, you know, when there's enough, you feel enough pain and uh, you you don't want to go to that or take those actions that create the pain. You would you would change in an instant. Have you had a, another experience like that? Oh, I, I think I've had a myriad of them. I have 25 years of abstinence from binging and purging and not hurting myself, which is huge. Um, I also had after those events, I ended up having a date with destiny became a date with divorce because I was with a very nice man, but he wasn't a good husband. And I when I started realizing I was valuable and, and worthy of a good relationship and to be treated nicely, um, I decided I had to treat myself nicely. And that meant anybody I was with should do the same thing. And when I wasn't having that reciprocated, I realized I needed to get out of it. So there were so many different variables. I mean, it's a ripple effect. You just change one thing in your life, you change everything. And with the tools that Tony provides, he's not one dimensional. He's looking at you, you know, as a person, individual, spiritually, health, wealth, everything. And I think that that's the piece most people forget to focus on. They focus on, I want to be, I want to be wealthy, but your health is your wealth. You know, they, I want to be able to do this, but they're looking outside themselves for the answer and you have to look within yourself for the answer. And as soon as you can make peace with everything and live in a place where you're perfectly imperfect and that's exactly who you are, I believe everything is possible. Mm, that's a really beautiful way of putting it because, yeah, I think it is, it's so holistic, the whole experience at, at, a, at a Tony Robbins seminar. And I think what, you've said there is so correct, which is that once you go through these breakthroughs, et cetera, you feel like more connected to yourself. And I guess that's why people make 
better decisions and and they change their career or they end a relationship uh, from from his techniques because you're so connected to the to yourself that you there's no I guess I guess we can put up blinkers in a way sometimes uh, if we're in a situation we can convince ourselves that it's fine and uh, but he doesn't allow you to do that I guess. No, you can't. I mean, it's in your face. And, and one of the big things that's really important in that in the whole presence of what he's doing is, you know, you're getting a guidebook for life, not for do this right now and then you're done. This is principles and strategies that you can apply to every single day of your life and understanding whether we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs of how we we know human beings are actual you know our actualization or we look at Tony's six human needs we're going to do things to fill those needs they can either be positive or negative and when I was using food I was obviously filling the needs for certainty and significance and variety and you know loving connection in in a negative way and if it meets three or more of your needs it's an addiction but I can still meet those needs for love and connection certainty significance and variety in much healthier ways and in what I do and that's really what people don't understand sometimes they try to get rid of something and they change the behavior but they have to replace it with something more positive and if mm. they don't they'll find another negative and because of Tony's work and I've been volunteering for 25 years what ended up happening is you know I built several businesses I own four of them right now and I, I believe my success was first working on myself. And once I worked on myself, I was able to build success in other areas of my life, you know, financially, business and relationships and so forth. Um, I think that's an important piece that we don't look at a lot of times. And I really believe that if you don't replace with something positive, like I replaced the food, you know, with work as I became a workaholic and you might say that's not good, but it's like in some ways it's good because I really love what I do. And then I realized it was a little bit too extreme and I have to be aware I do that. And I said, okay, I started replacing it with personal growth. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that, well that's another that's one. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> right. And, and um, over the last 25 years, what I did is everyone who Tony ever spoke about or footnoted in his book, if they were still alive, I went and learned from them. So I've been licensed, I'm a licensed NLP practitioner and trainer with Dr. Bandler, who is the co-creator of NLP with, with, um, with John Grinder. And I've also learned from Grinder and I've also learned from Diltz. And then he talked about Jim Rohn. So I, I went through all his stuff and, and then I learned from everything I could read about with Dr. Virginia Satir or, Alison Armstrong or Byron Katie or Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and you keep naming it. And it's like anyone he ever mentioned, um, Barbara DeAngelis or John Gray. And I was like, I'm going to learn from everybody. <laughs> well, so well, I, yeah. One of his key uh, elements of, uh, I guess, the, uh, the science of achievement is is finding great mentors, right? And it sounds like you've got a, a heap there. Without a doubt, I literally in the last 25 years traveled around the world to be mentored by all these mentors of his and others that I found that I found that I aspired to learn from. And I've invested over a million dollars in me after college um, just to really at the time try to figure out what's wrong with me. And I got the answer finally, you know, and it was that there was nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You talk about that in uh, I'll just mention your um your TED talk, which was titled the 
beliefs are the lies you tell yourself. Right. How much of, I guess, your pain pre, I guess, definitely pre Tony Robbins was due to the story that you, um, you created or that you had? Well, I mean, all the pain was was self-inflicted when you think about it. Like a lot of things can happen and the only meaning anything has is the meaning you give it. And knowing that you, you're, your brain, your conscious, unconscious mind does not know the difference between fact and fiction. And if you tell yourself something often enough, you believe it to be true. Beliefs are the only things you can't prove. And I've studied neuroscience and human psychology for the last not even 25 years. Believe it or not, it's the last 35 years that I've been studying it. I even took psychology in college. Um, And what I found is that, you know, if you look at the word belief, the word lie is in the middle of it. And there's not one belief we can prove. If you think about things you told yourself, like I heard, you know, it, you know, you have to work hard for your money or money doesn't grow on trees or never trust a man and all these other things. These are not these are not so you can prove. I mean, one person will say that's true. The other one's not. So these are just what you're telling yourself. And I always say if you're going to lie about saying, you know, a belief, lie about saying it's positive, it's going to fulfill you, not that's going to hurt you. And the other thing is just like, you know, my mom saying my dad would kill me. That was her belief, but it wasn't true because when something happened at 18, he was there to rescue me and and was the warrior that was going to protect me. So Mm. we have to really be aware of what we're telling ourselves and understand psychology is that your unconscious mind does not know the difference of fact or fiction. So if you tell yourself something often enough, it'll believe it's true and I'll keep looking for references to support it. So mm-hmm. it's really important that you be kind of stand guard at the gate and decide what to let come in or not. Mm. So what stories uh, or what what beliefs radically changed? Uh, I know there's a few exercises you do, at, uh, especially unleash the power within uh, around beliefs and stories. Yeah, what what massively changed for you? I know you've touched on it already, but uh, moving forward after um, the breakthrough and the and the date with destiny intervention. Well, I think the specific ones after that, going back 25 years ago, is I used to think that one, I had to be perfect. I thought I had to be able to achieve massive success. I used to work for MCI at the time and I was top 1% in the world in sales for them. And I was 400% a goal. And my rules around how I was okay was I had to be recognized every quarter in front of my peers. I needed to be bringing in like, you know, multi-millions of dollars a year in revenue. And people had to be acknowledging me to tell me I was okay. All of my beliefs and rules and values were externally based and it was never something I had control of. In other words, if somebody told me I was okay, I was okay, but I wasn't okay just being me. I was okay because Lisa, you know, was a top achiever, was the best in here, was somebody loved her, but I wasn't okay just to be. And I think, you know, when you look at it that we're human beings, not human doings, my whole life was based on what I did to get acknowledgement versus just being. Mm, that's that's in- incredibly powerful, isn't it? Having Having those realizations and then turning them into positive, positive stories and, and, and that's what it's really all about, isn't it? Absolutely. Radically changing. Yes. So, and now I guess you're giving back in a, in a huge way. So what, what drove you to create uh, your book and your, your program and, and join the life of, I guess, radically changing other 
people's lives for a living and and how did that journey start for you well you know what's interesting all these years i had done all that research and preparation really for me and i always believe that there's no accidents and i used to say god doesn't give you anything you can't handle and i'd say i'm fooling him too um about <laughs> which is kind of funny about seven years ago eight years actually now it's now it's nine years ago that went fast Nine years ago, my stepson was having some challenges with, with drugs and and he needed help and he had dropped out of school and he had already had a child and things were bad. And he, for the first time, called and asked for help and my husband had had enough already because we'd spent like nine years being lied to. And I said, you know, we do so much charity work. We, we It starts at home. We still He's reaching out. We got to take care of him. And it turned out, I said, Tony's having an event. Let's fly him up and let's bring him to Tony. And mm. we ended up bringing him to an Unleash the Power Within. And then I said, let me buy a ticket for my husband. He's never been to it. So I buy him a ticket. And because I crewed, you know, I didn't have to pay to go. I was going to be there anyway. And then I realized these two may not stay in the room. I better buy myself a ticket and sit with them. And then I said, okay, I'm going. I should bring more. So I brought 20 people with me. And I'm sitting in the room and I'm watching Sean shift and my husband shift. And I'm like, this is awesome. And my husband didn't want to go, by the way. He he had said to me, why do I need to go? I've been living with Tony for 17 years. I was like, well, no, you have not. <laughs> I was like, this is different. So, But I said, you need to be there. And I found myself in the back of the room signing up for the Platinum Partner Program. And... I was sitting there going, I just want to raise my peer group because I've been very successful. I had, I became one of the top 1% in the world in a direct sales company. I, I have an internet marketing company. I have a web development company that we've made millions with. And, um, so I've been really successful, but you know, it's like they say, you don't want to be the smartest one in the group. And I felt like I was, and I needed a higher peer group. So I felt when Tony talked about the platinum partner program, I, you know, I, thought that's where I needed to go and I ended up signing up for it and by 2.30 in the morning some of the platinum partners convinced me I had to sign up my husband too and it's like 75000 a person plus 10000 per trip plus the airfare and plus time away we were home like a week a month and we spent over 300000 in one year and one of the trips we were on Lauren Slocum and I love this woman has had known me at the time, like 17, 18 years, we're now 25 years. She's the first one I met 25 years ago um, at the Tony event. And he, if you don't know her, you should. She's amazing. And she was one of his, she's one of his head trainers and on stage with Tony and stuff too. And it turned out, she said to, um, we were in Egypt and out of nowhere, we're at the Four Seasons and we're standing in the lobby and Lauren says to me, you know, Lisa, you're supposed to be helping women. And I said, no, Lauren, I teach people how to make money. And she says, no, you're supposed to be helping women. And I was like, I kept saying no, because I was doing the work privately. Like she knew that. And that's why I'd go to Tony events or people knew my past and they needed help. I'd always help people who are either sexually abused or, you know, any or eating disorders and different kinds of challenges. And she starts muscle testing me. And I, I'm still like in, emphatically saying no. And she says, no, you're supposed to do both. And I just let it go. And I, I'm crying. And she's like wiping my you know, hair away from my eyes and stuff. And a year later, 
literally to the same week of that happening. And as I'm even speaking to you now, a screen came up on my computer of us in Egypt. So this is very divine, very, very interesting. I just wow. got a screen mm. of this. God's so funny how he works. <laughs> and, um, and it turned out that I come downstairs. I had just gotten up and I call my husband handsome and I came downstairs and I said, handsome, um, I'm supposed to save lives. And I said, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but you have to take over our businesses because I'm not going to do that anymore. And, mm. He, you know, after I picked him up off the floor, <laughs> he's like, and I, I, I get I, I was like I get on the computer, I go through my emails and I get on social media and I see a picture that Dr. Walker, one of the plat partners, had tagged. You know how you can tell who tags something that day, you know, within 20 since you saw it. Yeah. Right. Well, he tagged the picture of our feed of that conversation with Lauren and I. And then I go through his pictures. There's another one not tagged with Lauren pushing the hair away from my face. Mm. And I said, okay, God, I got it. There's my sign. I'm going to do this. And I ended up starting fine to fab. And fine was how I used to feel, which was effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And I wanted to be fab, which is fabulous, awesome, beautiful. Mm. And. I just started working with other successful women that were hurting themselves, whether it be food or alcohol or, you know, relationships or sex or spending, whatever it was that they were just using to fill the void. And I didn't look back. And and I said to my husband, this will be bigger than anything else I've ever done. And I was right. And I've been successful all my life in business. It was personal where I'd sabotage myself. And then I realized I, I'm not terminally unique. There are other people like me wasting years with dealing with shame, blame, and therapy, thinking that that's the answer, and it's not. It's it's not. We don't have to be there. And I wrote a book. It became a number one bestseller. Um, I've been on ABC, NBC, Fox, like everything else you shared earlier. And, you know, I've just really been blessed because I really think that I had to go through all that stuff as a trusted guide so I can help other people and not have to spend as long trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's an incredible, incredibly powerful way of, of giving back and turning what you went through and your experiences of overcoming it into a really meaningful journey. So well done for that. Thank you. And and it's in, as, uh, as, as Tony says, it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And that moment at, uh, at platinum partners sounds like one of those decisions, right? Oh my God. And you know, what's so funny is I went there for such a different reason, just to, for peer group. And it literally changed the whole trajectory of my whole life. So if you think about it, 25 years stopped me from hurting myself and I've been blessed. And then seven, eight, well, eight years ago, I went and did the platinum year. And then seven years ago, started a whole new business because of it. And I had a challenge. I said to Tony, how do I give, how do I sell something that I've been giving away for free for so long? And he said, well, if you're so bent on giving away for free, sponsor people into the program every, you know, so every so often, every year. So you're doing something with contribution. So it's been seven years and every year I've always sponsored someone. No one knows who it is. And and I have six people on our faculty and we help people that are dealing with 
with challenges with depression, disordered eating, and self-sabotage. And then I started getting people dealing with business that, you know, we're like, well, how do you build businesses and six and seven figure businesses? And found that, you know, the service and the stuff I was doing was the foundation I had built with all these years. Being with Tony, understanding, you know, that you have to have a solid foundation to do everything else too. Mm. Is is self-sabotage one of the hardest ones to identify since it's it's not as obvious as I guess eating or something else that's controlling someone's life you know it's an interesting question because I was just talking with one of my plat partners this weekend we were in Florida at a at a mastermind which obviously I told you I'm addicted to education still <laughs> but it's yeah. good it helps all my clients <laughs> and I could afford it and I can afford it it's, it's only an addiction if you can't afford it okay so yeah. for, for our listener it's if you can't afford it then you got we got to look at that the self-sabotage can be um, procrastination is a perfect example of what self-sabotage is um, perseverating over thoughts and things that you keep replaying old behaviors over and over again, understanding that everything we do is a program or a behavior, and, um, excuse me, a program or a pattern, and that there are things when you're, you want to be somewhere else and you're still not where you are, you're self-sabotaging. If you're replaying old tapes and stories of things that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, then you're self-sabotaging. If you're hearing voices in your head about you're not good enough, you're not worthy, deserving, you're not whatever, you're self-sabotaging because those voices are 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 you telling yourself this? You know, you got to realize that you need to shut them off. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they're just really, you know, I want to think of it as a record and we no longer use record players anymore. So if we got rid of that, you can get rid of these other things too, right? We've upgraded. Yeah. And um, I ended up creating, I co-created with Willard Barth, the program NAP uh, Coaching Academy. We put it together to teach neuroscience and human psychology on why we do what we do and teach people how to build businesses and coaching um, you know, giving you a three-year business plan and be able to create a real prosperous business. But the thing about NAP is, is like you think about Tony has NAC, neuroassociative conditioning, Bandler and Grinder have NLP, neurolinguistic programming. We created NAP, neuroassociative programming, because a lot of times people take things out of context. They see something at one point, and it's only a snapshot of a person in this moment. And we might judge them and think that's who they are. But if you think of everything not as a snapshot, but as a whole movie, that you have to look at things in the context of how things are associated to what's going around you in that moment. So if you keep repeating those behaviors, then then it's not as that snapshot is the movie and that is self-sabotaging. So we have to decompile that program and install a new upgrade so that you can be optimal. That's that's incredible. Uh, congratulations on all of the things you've achieved in this space and and the work you do. Uh, and continue to serve your clients and the world. It's, it's really powerful. Thank you. I feel really blessed. You know, like Tony would say, like blaming effectively when he does those exercises, you're going to blame people for all the bad stuff. You got to blame them for the good. And mm. had, had, you know, my dad not wanted perfect kids, had I not been attacked, had I not had these challenges, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't have learned all the tools necessary for me to move past them and also be able to help those people who maybe don't have those resources or knowledge to be able to do it. So I, I think that everything does happen for a reason and I needed to go through all this stuff for myself and to, 
to be where I am today to be able to help other people. And if if you if you're ever feeling like why is this happening to me, instead of doing that to yourself, ask yourself a better question: Is what else could this mean, or what's good about this? Because in every bad situation, whether we we want to believe it or not, there's something good. And Tony talks about uh, Viktor Frankl from Man's Search for Meaning, and here's a man who survived the Holocaust. And had in, and even had to watch his own family being put in ovens. But had he not gone through that, he actually created logotherapy. And mm. you know, think about this and how many lives has that changed because mm. of something that's so horrific. But the understanding of of all this was because of the circumstances, right? Mm. Yeah. The the there's different ways you can deal with that trauma, I guess, and and becoming a victim of it is never a way to contribute in massive ways, is it? And that's a great example of how someone has radically changed millions of lives from an absolutely not taking away from the event. Obviously, that's horrific, but yeah, it's it's an interesting way of looking at it and and, uh, turning it on its head, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, so you've talked a bit about your work, which is really powerful and, and incredible, and you continue to develop yourself. Uh, and I guess where can where can people find you? And tell me a bit more about I guess the programs you you run. Well, thank you for that opportunity, hun. So I actually, you can find me on social media. Look for Lisa Lieberman Wang, the only Jewish Chinese woman with that name. That makes it easy. <laughs> but also find Tafab. And I think the biggest thing is that whether, you know, you're in, in a position where you want to move even further and you're finding yourself getting blocked and you're not really sure what it is. You know, one of the things I found that was really powerful for me was having someone who's walked the path before me. And I didn't, the reason I stay so entrenched in the environment is that I know that my success has been the fact that I, I continue to associate with people who are growing and moving. And, and, and I know that I, whether my coaches I work with, which I still do, um, it's always about raising another level. And right now, if you'd like, I'm actually for the first time giving my number one best-selling book, Find to Fab, Seven Secrets to Overcoming Self-Sabotage Away. And you can go to um, FAB VIP event, like F-A-B, VIP event.com and get a copy of my book. It's an ebook. And I'm writing a new book right now called Find to Fab for Business, How to Become a Self-Made Millionaire. And I'm going to start giving you some new secrets on how to be able to create wealth. Because once we take care of the health, like I said at the beginning, then we can take care of the wealth. And the health is body, mind, spirit. The wealth comes from the foundation being solid. And then you can create the abundance in everything else around you. So if you're looking to start a business, have a business, or hit another level in your business, then you're going to love that. And I'll make sure you get the information. There is a link for you to sign up. But I honestly, Cameron, I have to send it to you. And if I send it to you, they can also sign up. I'm giving... Um, the first people an opportunity to get that book free before it gets launched because it's in the writing stage. We're in the editing stage right now. Amazing. I'll I'll uh, put that in the show notes just for everyone listening. <laughs> and so it's it's uh, findafab.com, wasn't it? Your website. Yes. 
Yeah, and, that is. And, and LisaLiebermanWang.com. But yes, yes, yeah, yes. Cool. And and I'll, I'll take you up on that on that free ebook as well. <laughs> so that's fabvipevent.com. Uh, yes. First time ever. So that's yes. that's that's great. Um, OK, so thank you for joining me. I've got one, a final question. Yes. Sir. But before I ask it, just, yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me. Uh, I know you're busy and you've taken 30 minutes and I know we've gone a bit over that. But um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your time, Lisa. My pleasure. So if you had to leave this world and you were spending your final moments with your loved ones, the people closest to you, what piece of advice, guidance or quote would you share? I think that the piece of advice I'd share is to let them know that they're perfectly imperfect just the way they are and that God doesn't make mistakes and that they are they're just meant to be happy and find the gifts they have and and move forward with it. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for your time, Lisa. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Same here. Thank you. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I just wanted to remind people that I have a link for Date With Destiny tickets in the description. And the first person who jumps on and grabs a ticket will get a free Unleash the Power Within ticket for Sydney in September. Uh, I also just wanted to say there's been over 10,000 downloads of this this podcast and I'm super proud of that. And if anyone has a few minutes to spare, it would be amazing if if, uh, you could review because that's what really helps uh, gain more exposure for the podcast. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Thank you.